are a few strategies to think about when you're considering a transition. One, you definitely need to determine if you're on the right bus. And what I mean by that is the right organization, but maybe you're in the wrong seat. Maybe you're in the wrong role or it's not quite a right fit, maybe the wrong department, maybe the wrong type of work. But first ask yourself if you really align with the organization. Do you align with the mission of the group that you're working for? Could you see yourself doing a different role or maybe working in a different department, but for the same overall goal? Mm -hmm. If that's the case, then you're on the right bus. You just need to find the right seat. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, maybe sign up for additional projects or volunteer for a special team, maybe explore other areas that you might get involved in. Welcome to the Next Level Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Harrop. I've been in different leadership positions over the last seven years, and the most rewarding thing is when I'm able to help women on their way to a promotion or a better position with another company. I'm here to help so many more women see their potential and implement small changes every day to make a huge impact in their career. I focus on confidence, self-awareness, communication, growth mindset, networking, and more. If you're ready to believe in yourself and take action, you're in the right place. Let's go. All right, everyone, I am super stoked for my guest today, and you will soon find out why. But I will tell you real quick a little bit more about Megan. So Megan Merritt currently specializes in human resources for nonprofits and has served much of her career with the YMCA. Like many, she didn't start out in HR. She has served in many roles and opportunities to work in development, fundraising, project management, stewardship, operations, and training. She is a self-motivated trailblazer who applies servant leadership to develop others. She is married, lives in Oak Island, North Carolina, where she loves to put her toes in the sand. Okay, so we'll hop right into this week's episode, and I know you're going to love it. All right, everyone, I am so excited to welcome my guest today, Megan. Megan, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Nicole. I'm so excited. Awesome, me too. All right, well, I will always tell everyone how I met my guest, and Megan is actually my boss right now at the current company that I work for, Grassroots Workshops. So I've worked with Megan for just over a year now. I hit my one-year mark in March, and yeah, I've enjoyed working with Megan so much. I was telling her that she's one of the first female mentors that I've had in a boss, and it's been far too long, but I finally have her in my life, and I'm never letting her go, so I'm really excited that she was open to talking. Most of us have work that we do outside of the project management work for grassroots workshops, and I'm really excited for our topic today. Thanks so much, Nicole. I am so thrilled that you asked me. I'm honored. And I don't really think of myself as your boss. That's the first time I have heard that. And I think that's why we get along so well is because I definitely see you as just so much of a 
a coworker and support and just an incredible person. So I am thrilled to work with you in that context and just to share a little bit more about all of my experiences and learn from you as well. So thanks for having me today. Of course. And I want to clarify as well, because I've mentioned Robert in previous podcast episodes. So Robert is the CEO of Grassroots Workshops and me and Megan report up through him as well as one other project manager. So me and Sarah report up to Megan and then we all uh, report up to Robert, which kind of seems weird too, since we're such a small team, it really does feel like we're all equals, which is amazing and speaks volumes about you and Robert both coming in. And even though you're in those higher leadership positions, it all feels equal parts, which I think is, is really great. So kudos mm-hmm. to you guys. Well, Megan, I would love to have you introduce yourself both personally and professionally to the listeners today. Awesome. Well, let me see what I can tell you about me. I am, first and foremost, I am a, a Christian leader. I am a follower of Christ, and I I love to serve others. I really try to subscribe to servant leadership in all areas of my life. Some are easier than others, <laughs> but I, uh, it's a constant journey. And I got into the world of HR, but I didn't start out that way. I have come from quite a varied background. I actually started out as a a singer. I was a musical theater major in school and just couldn't couldn't think about doing anything else but singing. I love to sing at, at church and always did choir and different groups growing up and just absolutely loved it. And so I got into arts management and then that kind of led me into more of the nonprofit world where I fell right into the charitable work and the servant leadership kind of atmosphere and never left. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I am a, a stepmom. I am married to my wonderful husband, Randy, and we live in the at the beach. We live at Oak Island in North Carolina, a tiny little barrier island off the East Coast. And so it is just, it's a wonderful blessing uh, to be able to work from home and work with several different organizations and just expand what, what God has given me. So I am just doing my best to kind of wade through just like everybody else and really listen to that calling. And I've been so blessed to meet some incredible leaders along the way. So uh, I'm excited to talk through that today. Yeah, definitely. I didn't know your singing background. That is awesome. I love that. <laughs> Learn something <laughs> new about my coworkers and leaders every day, right? <laughs> little little hidden facts. <laughs> I love that. I loved it. I was in choir myself in high school and I loved it. I probably wasn't as passionate because I think maybe I sing better in groups than like solo, but, <laughs> but I definitely enjoyed being able to travel a little bit. Oh, yeah. So fun. That's great. Well, uh, Megan, I'd love to hear more about some of the different roles that you've held while working at the YMCA over the past 12 years. Sure. I have had quite a journey and the YMCA is a great nonprofit organization that I've spent a lot of time with. So I have, I started out with the youth development department, oddly enough, I think my arts management background 
brought me to summer camp and started with uh, the youth. And so it gave me an opportunity to kind of plan some great activities and do um, some fun things with them. And I thought, well, this will just this will be something that I do until I get my real job. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that's exactly where I was supposed to be and got experience working with all of the youth and then eventually the teen program. And that led me to just a love for Uh, the YMCA and the nonprofit world and what they do. And so I've navigated the past several years in a few different areas in grant development and wellness. I was the group exercise coordinator at one point. I took a little bit of everything. Oh, I was also a lifeguard. Um, Oh, wow. (laughs) So, so many different roles when I think back on it, but really... I think I was given the opportunity to participate in so many different areas so that I could learn the, learn the true heart of the organization. And I think if you're willing to open up and try some new things, then you'll find what your heart is really after. It took me a long time, but I realized after trying all of those different, different sides of the operation, that operations wasn't really my thing. I was more passionate about the people and about the staff and making sure that they had great leaders. I realized that they, if there's no bad jobs, there's just bad bosses. And if you have a poor experience, sometimes you think that that's not the job for you when really it might just be that you didn't have great leadership. Yeah, I could not agree with that more. I think that often people start in one part of a position, like you mentioned, you had so many different experiences over the past 12 years that it's it's unfortunate that some people come into these roles and have a bad experience with one person, or maybe it's a couple different people, but then they leave that company with a bad taste in their mouth when maybe if they had a different type of leader or a different type of experience, or maybe even if their leaders were more empowered to lead them in a better way, it could have been a totally different story. So it's a hundred percent that it's not always you. Sometimes it really is the type of role or sometimes it is the person that's leading that organization, which is really unfortunate. That's right. It does happen. And so I made it my goal to figure out how, how to coach our leaders, how to help them become better supervisors, better bosses, better supporters, Mm -hmm. because usually that that makes it or breaks it right that that can be a huge huge indicator in someone's life and I would hate for somebody to get out of a role that could be just incredible and a great match for their skill set kind of working in their sweet spot if you will because of poor leadership yep yep I agree What would you say was your most favorite position and why? 
I think my favorite role is definitely the one I'm in now. I, as I've said, I realized over the years that the difference that a good boss can make. And in the HR world, I get to advocate for everybody. I get to encourage them, motivate them, coach them, be there to help them when they get burnout or just need support. A lot of people think of HR and they cringe. They think of people getting fired or being let go or having to make, you know, really tough decisions. And we do have to do some of that, but I don't like firing people. Nobody likes firing right. people. <laughs> I, I do like helping people figure out if they're in the right role. And if they're not, then how do we get them into the right role? So I get to do a lot of that in my current position, which is absolutely amazing. And I love that you're able to be empowered even in the work that you're doing to try to figure out what that means and what that looks like for your team members or your leaders, what different types of roles might work out best for them. And again, kind of diving a little bit deeper into those root causes or what really is at the core of some of those issues where where they aren't happy or where they aren't performing or where is that tension or whatever that looks like because you're right you're trying to figure out what those solutions are and not being so narrow-minded which again some of those higher leadership it's if you don't fit into this certain box and we can't check everything off in all of these areas then you're not a right fit so I think that that's great that you've been empowered in that role and it makes sense why it's been your favorite Mm -hmm. what would you say has been your most challenging role so far I think my most challenging role was at a YMCA that I worked at a few years ago. I served as the executive director for that branch, for that location. And it was so hard. You had to serve a variety of people, so many different stakeholders, staff, volunteers, board members, and everybody needs a different piece of you, right? (laughs) I I had a lot of different details on my plate and was trying to also serve as that face in the community. I was serving on several different committees and boards and trying to be all things to all people. Yeah. (laughs) I like a lot of variety, but it was too taxing. That was so much. And I felt like I was being pulled in so many directions and couldn't balance it all. I didn't have a healthy work-life balance. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to shut it off. And so I felt like I couldn't give my best to one area of work. I was spread way too thin, kind of like being a jack of all trades and master of none. It was definitely that feeling of I, I can't handle this. And some people are built for that, right? Some people Mm -hmm. thrive on all of the different demands and keeping it all in check and being able to spin in six different directions at once. And I'm much more, I need a little bit more focus than that. So that was definitely a challenging role, but also probably taught me the most about leadership and about coaching others. Yeah. When you started into that role, did you have all of those extra responsibilities or were they added on 
subsequently after you started? There were definitely added responsibilities as I moved forward. I served as the executive director for four years total at that location. And so the first year was definitely, I would say, you know, you're thrown into the fire. You're trying to learn your way around navigate. And then the second year you start to grow a little bit, you figure out what to expect. And then by the third year, you're definitely getting more demands or people are realizing who you are and what you're doing. And that when it's kind of, when you, when you work really, really hard, people notice that you get things done and they put more and more on you. Right. (laughs) We reward our high performers with more work. Exactly. (laughs) So it, it not, not, and I don't say that in an arrogant way. I just mean that, that it certainly happens, right? We ask more of leaders who are doing well and are trying to do a good job. And it ended up being a whole lot to take on there in that, in that last year, year and a half. Definitely. I, I wanted to ask that because You're right. It is so true that we add on extra responsibilities for people who are doing really well and almost seem like they have a capacity to take on more. But at what point, even at those highest levels, does someone reevaluate what all is Megan working on? And are there some things we could take off her plate for her? Or are we just going to keep piling it on? I think that that can lead to a lot of burnout And I found this a lot with different guests in talking through some of these high achievers. I've interviewed several who have done really great things throughout their career and taken on so much, but that can't be a permanent thing in my opinion. I think we can certainly work at these higher expectations for a period of time, But again, if you keep having more and more added to your plate without anything else being taken off or deprioritized, you're going to hit burnout at some point. So I appreciate you walking me through that a little bit further. Yeah. Burnout is definitely real. And I learned through that process that you really do have to keep a pulse on what you can handle on your plate and when it becomes too much and learning how to say no is not easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is part of the balance of figuring out where is that limit so that you can effectively serve others because it will get to a point where you are not actually helping even though you're trying so hard you can't do a lot of good in that position definitely and i think it's so interesting that you kind of realized that position wasn't serving you And you weren't able to be your best self, obviously, in that position because of all of the expectations and feeling like you weren't able to successfully execute on all things, which obviously kind of puts you in that position of having that self-reflection of where else do I fit in? So Mm -hmm. kind of turn the tables, but can you walk me through maybe your thought process when you recognized you were burning out and needed to figure out a different option in your career? Yeah, I think the moment that I realized I was truly burnout is when I received a needs improvement on my annual review. I don't miss those. (laughs) Oh, man, they just, 
they still give me nerves. I was working so hard and to be told that I needed to improve, I had dropped the ball and I wasn't managing this one particular area of my role very well. I realized that I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I really want to do things well. I am not satisfied if I'm not putting my all into my work. And that role had me slipping. I couldn't keep up. I spent night and day on it, but I couldn't get ahead. And that's when I had to take a step back and look at my team and realized it was negatively affecting my team. Mm -hmm. And I was letting poor performance slide and not noticing that others were having to pick up that slack. I was overwhelmed and I felt like, how did I get here? How did I get to that place where I didn't enjoy going to work? I, I loved I loved my organization. I loved the staff. I loved the people that I was serving, but I realized that I definitely needed a change. And it took me a little bit, but as I stepped back and looked at that particular location, I was, I was the executive director. I was at the top. So there were no roles for me to necessarily move into unless I wanted to step back and take a totally different direction. And so I felt like unless I was willing to move, any other step would be backwards and that didn't feel right. And so that's when I thought I need to move sideways. I knew I loved the staff and I genuinely wanted them to be successful and fulfilled. And it crushed me to know that I was not supporting them well enough because of the role that I was in. I wanted to help them grow. I wanted to support their learning and their development and when I started to pick that apart, I realized that's HR. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily being an executive. An executive does have to really balance all of the spinning plates, right? Mm -hmm. And we all have spinning plates, but I don't mind the spinning as much when it's all of the pieces that I am really passionate about. I had experienced plenty of bad bosses, negative influencers. And I saw how those leaders can impact people in ways that they don't even realize for, yeah. for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know what? I don't need to be the boss that I think that's why that phrase drives me nuts. Cause I, <laughs> I don't really want to be the boss. I don't need to be at the top. I don't need the title. Mm -hmm. I want to help develop great bosses. I want to make sure others have people that are appreciating their talent and lifting them up and coaching them through difficult conversations. I want to help them love their job and be able to say, I absolutely love what I do. I love where I'm at. I'm in the right role. I'm in the right place. So I realized I needed to go back to school. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's like all of a sudden I had this epiphany, but I didn't have the degree or the education to really back it up. I just had the experience with the organization that I was serving. And so I thought, let's explore what those options are so that I could move 
sideways and kind of take that step, build more credibility around that HR area. I loved what you said too, when you mentioned when you're trying to do too much in a role as a leader, it can have a negative effect on your team because you're saying I'm operating at this burnout level. So that's kind of the precedence you set with your team, whether or not it is implied, right? So I think that that is great that you were able to acknowledge that and that you weren't performing to where you wanted to be and that it was also affecting your team members, which at your core, you want to be helping to create more leaders and create uh, more positivity and happiness within people's work. So that didn't resonate or align with you. And I've definitely worked with companies where they've said, hey, there's an upcoming holiday, but if you have work that needs to get done, you shouldn't be taking it as a holiday pay. And me and this other leader will be in the office anyway. So it felt like we were told we could take a holiday, but in reality, were you really going to take that holiday? Because you knew if you were the one person who didn't show up in the office, what was that going to say about your work ethic when really people need breaks? That is so key. And yeah, I can definitely understand where you were hitting some of that burnout and having that realization which again goes back, I want to challenge some of those upper leadership of saying, if you're adding so much onto someone's plate, something is eventually going to drop. You can only manage so much, even at your greatest levels of leadership. If you're working day and night trying to get all these things done, you're still going to drop some balls when you have way too much on your plate. But then you're the one who gets punished for that or the needs improvement note when in reality, I would have challenged those leaders to ask, let's talk about all the things that are on my plate and uh, and really see where, where things are at because I obviously know you and your work ethic and and that just doesn't even like resonate or compute with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was definitely a turning point in my own learning around what does what does this really feel like mm-hmm. to take a step back and realize how if you are not taking care of yourself and your plate and talking to your supervisor about what you can handle, what makes sense, what guardrails you put up, nobody will fight for you more than you. And so mm-hmm. you as a leader really should be asking that of your people. What is on your plate? How can I help you better balance it if it's too full? Uh, those should be questions that we ask a lot. How's your, I ask it of you all the time. How's yes. your bandwidth? <laughs> you sure do every meeting. because I always want to make sure that you are doing work that you love, that you're fulfilled and know how much you can, you can shift or take on, but it takes some trial and error to get better at making that call and knowing when you're in a safe space and you can speak up about feeling that overwhelm or that inability and make a plan to address it. Definitely. 
So when you're at that point where you're realizing, okay, I'm going to go back to school. I want to start heading into the direction of HR. You were essentially like many of us, we get checked out from our current role, but we know that it could take months or even, you know, upwards of a year, especially during these times, at least in the, in the pandemic, finding new work can either come really quickly or it can take several months, like I said, or up to a year. So how does someone remain a contributing team member within their current role or organization while they're searching for something else? Mm -hmm. Oh, it is. It's so hard. It's, Mm -hmm. it's that constant battle that you've got to figure out where you're going. I know I am a planner. Mm -hmm. I like to plan as long as I have a plan and I'm in, call me a control freak, but (laughs) I love I like to have it mapped out. And so I felt better, even though I was still in my current role as the executive, I was able to make that plan. And once school became a reality and I started having some success and accomplishing courses and getting that degree under my belt, I didn't know exactly where I was headed, but it gave me that light at the end of the tunnel. It gave me that encouragement Mm -hmm. to know that the opportunity will come. I'm getting ready for it. It's not here yet, but if I don't plan for it, it's not going to come. I have to, I have to meet God halfway, right? I have to put the energy and be able to do the hard work. And so sometimes you have to do that while you're in the current role that you know is not quite right. Um, I think there are a few strategies to think about when you're considering a transition. One, you definitely need to determine if you're on the right bus. And what I mean by that is is the right organization, but maybe you're just in the wrong seat. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're in the wrong role or it's not quite a right fit, maybe the wrong department, maybe the wrong type of work. But first ask yourself if you really align with the organization. Do you align with the mission of the group that you're working for? Could you see yourself doing a different role or maybe working in a different department, but for the same overall goal? Mm -hmm. If that's the case, then you're on the right bus. You just need to find the right seat. So. If that's the case, maybe sign up for additional projects or volunteer for a special team, maybe explore other areas that you might get involved in. I know we just talked about saying no, but (laughs) this is where you have that conversation with your supervisor about exploring some additional areas that you might get involved in that could help both you and the organization. That way, both win, but you're kind of laying the foundation for a new opportunity to arise. Now, if you're on the wrong bus, Mm -hmm. maybe the organization has shifted or you've got a new leader that has a vision that you just no longer align with what they're doing. Sometimes that happens too. You start out and you think that the organization is where you're supposed to be and and that changes, then it is time to look elsewhere and see if your current experience 
will give you what you need to appeal to another business or company. As your resume, it's time to break that bad boy out. And <laughs> if, it, if it doesn't have the experience or education that you find is needed for the job or the role that you want, then you've got to address that gap first. That's exactly what happened to me. I stepped back and realized I, I love the organization, but I'd really like to be focused in a more narrow scope of work around leadership development. And so all of that can be done while you're with your current employer. And it can actually be to their benefit if you are able to take some of that time to explore you know, expanding your knowledge and still serving them shows that you have a really strong commitment and you're willing to put in the extra time and energy required to make yourself the best leader that you can be for them. I think any supervisor would be supportive of that when you can really unpack the reason why mm -hmm. and what the overall goal is. Yeah. And I like what you said too, about addressing kind of your gap of skills and having that self-awareness because a lot of times we want to start at a position, maybe we're going in more entry level and we're putting in the time. We're learning all of the ins and outs of the company, the program, whatever it might be. And then we're hoping to get promoted, but maybe that doesn't end up happening. So you start to feel burnt out because you're putting in all this effort and you're not seeing the benefits of getting that promotion, or maybe it's getting those raises that you're looking for. So then you're thinking, well, I don't want to necessarily be here anymore. I want to move into a leadership position at another company. But if you haven't had that experience, you really do have to go and again, put in some of that time before you're able to get some of those additional opportunities. I feel like it's very rare to move from entry level to leadership when it's from one company to the next. And that's something that I think is good for people to think of, like you mentioned, taking a lateral move where you're moving to the side, you're moving to another position at another company, potentially with more growth opportunity. So there's quicker turnover for additional leadership would be a great thing. But I like what you mentioned there is, is having that self-awareness. And then one other thing I would mention as well, if you are feeling burnt out is to have some of that discussion with your leader and saying, I am feeling overwhelmed with my current workload. Could we meet to discuss uh, and potentially have something taken off? Maybe there's someone else who is really excited and motivated and wanting to grow with that company when you've realized maybe that might not be your next step. So having some stuff re removed from your workload might be helpful, especially like you said, Megan, in order for you to take on some additional projects or uh, maybe go learn about some additional teams within the organization to see where else you might fit in if it might not be where you're currently at. Absolutely. Once you have answered those questions, am I on the right bus and am I in the right seat? If the answers to really either of those questions is yes, mm -hmm. then it's time to have a conversation with your leader, with your supervisor, and they may even be able to help unpack what's causing the unhappiness and the burnout and the stress. Mm -hmm. They may not have realized that you were so overwhelmed and can really help walk back 
kind of what is realistic for the position that you're in. And genuinely, if you're on the right bus, then somebody in that organization is going to be willing to help you find the right seat. Yes, I love how you word that. It's it's so important to get to a point of feeling like you can be vulnerable and and creating that safe space in your work environment because if you don't feel like you can show weakness really is what you're doing when you're being vulnerable you're saying I can't do all of these things that you've asked me to do and I've tried and I've tried different ways I've tried all these different things if that's really truly the case and then you're saying I I need help Uh, asking for that help is so hard for all of us it's hard to ask for help even in our hardest times I know for me I have a hard time asking for help but we're always so willing to offer help. So something I've tried to do is think if someone came to me feeling the same way I am feeling right now, would I be helping them or would I be judging them or would I be trying to get them fired or whatever that may be that your leader might think of you? And I always think, why wouldn't they want me to be successful? They hired me for a reason. They've promoted me for a reason. They've given me these tasks and projects and all these things for a reason. And if I tell them that it's too much or that I need some additional help or support, uh, I can only imagine, again, if you're on that right bus, that they're going to help you lighten that load. Absolutely. A lot of people struggle with what you just explained, that feeling of, weakness or inadequacy and being worried about going to their boss or their supervisor and saying, I'm overwhelmed or I can't handle this or my plate is too full because they feel like that boss will have a negative interpretation of them Mm -hmm. or their work or whatever it is and poke holes in it. And I I promise that if you come at that conversation with a genuine request for help and support, that that leader is going to figure out how to get you the resources you need. They've trusted you so far Mm -hmm. with all of those additional responsibilities. And clearly, even if you haven't been quote unquote promoted, they, they are definitely needing you in that organization. And so it's absolutely appropriate for you to go to them and say, I would love to do all of these things, but here's what I'm experiencing. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I'm observing. And this is causing, you know, those initial warning signs of burnout. And if you don't want to leave the organization, then that's an even stronger conversation that you can have with that supervisor right. to let them know, I am, I am in it to win it. I'm here, but this current role is not working. And so will you help me figure out my next move? Yes. And if you can catch those signs early enough and be aware of your workload, which is why I appreciate each of our one-on-ones, you're always asking, how is your workload? Are you wanting to take on more? What do you like? What do you not like? Because that helps me be more aware of it. And if more leaders or more team members are approaching it in that way, you can catch that earlier on when they still do have that fire and are excited about the work that they're doing and can start to uh, shift their path into a different direction. 
earlier on because you're right once you get to that stage of burnout most of us check out and we are done it takes a lot for a company to almost like gain our trust back once we've hit that stage of burnout feeling that we have had no support although sometimes we don't always ask for it but we kind of assume that our leaders should quote unquote right know what we're working through and working on but they don't always know all of that information if we aren't communicating often what's on our plate and everything else so yeah I think that that is is such a great thought so what would you say if someone has gone through that conversation and they're trying to figure out maybe they've realized they aren't on the right bus like we talked about what would you recommend as an exit strategy if someone is feeling unhappy or burnt out in their role I think exactly what you were just saying around kind of doing an assessment, do some some self-reflection and see if when you're starting to feel those warning signs of burnout, of frustration, of, okay, I am ready to throw my hands up. Like, what is wrong with me? I used to love this job. Yes. <laughs> and now I can't even fathom Monday morning. Mm-hmm. That That is not a good place. And so when you're feeling that, it is time to do some self-reflection. Start that journey to discover what is really the root issue. When I was feeling really lost and frustrated, that opportunity to go to a great school that had an online master's program in HR really resonated with me because it was something that I could do while I was in my current role gave me an opportunity to explore. One of the greatest parts of that program was a class that I took on career exploration. And and if you're gonna be in HR, they want you to know how to help people explore career options, right? Right. So I did a self-assessment in that course And one of the first books that we were asked to work through was called What Color Is Your Parachute? It's a really popular book by Richard Bowles. Mm -hmm. And it's such a great reminder that when you're looking for a new opportunity or exploring kind of changing career paths, you really need to do some inner exploration first, some soul searching and see what your passions are, what are your skills, what are your traits, what what are you aligned for? When I took that skills assessment, it was very clear that I was meant to serve in charitable nonprofit work in a leadership role. (laughs) That's awesome. It, It kind of smacked me in the face and told me I'm on the right bus. I know that the work that I'm doing is really important and I'm aligned with the mission of the organization. It's just that I wasn't quite in the right seat. The seat that I was in was requiring a very different skill set of someone that can juggle so many things at one time and doesn't really need to be excellent in one area, but somebody who is good enough in lots of different areas that they can keep keep the ship moving forward. And that is meant for somebody else. It wasn't meant for me, but it was taking that first step in, okay, let's look at what, what I need to learn if, if my heart is starting to fall out of love with yes. <laughs> the job that I, how can I find some more joy and fulfillment in, in that work? 
Yeah, and I think it's worth noting and reminding the listeners that you stayed working for the YMCA as the bigger organization. You realized you weren't in the right role. You were feeling very burnt out and you could have easily course corrected into a different career with a different company and starting completely over, but you recognized where your passions were at, where the direction you wanted to go. You went back to school. You were able to still remain in your current role in the interim and then move into the HR role. So I think that is, it says a lot about your character and about your perseverance as well. So I wanted to commend you on that. That's awesome. Well, thank you. And that, that will speak volumes for your employers as well. That commitment to stick with it, even when you recognize that it's not quite the right fit. There's a lot of value in that. And I think because I was willing to do that exploration and have some of those tough conversations about the role that I was in mm-hmm. and how I to move into something different gave, gave my supervisors and my leaders the confidence that they needed that I was still going to be there. I was committed. I wasn't going anywhere. Yes. I was trying to do them a good service by figuring out what role is best for me so that we can work well together. And any employer is going to appreciate that honesty and that transparency when it comes to career exploration. Yeah. Well, everyone tuning in, if you are in a similar feeling of what Megan went through of feeling that burnout and not quite sure how to approach that with your leader, you'll want to head over to Patreon and tune in for the bonus question, which is if someone is feeling burnt out in their role, what's the best way to approach that topic with their leader? So again, Megan, thank you so much for being here with me today. It was such a great episode. I have had a blast. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly been an honor. I feel kind of out of this world (laughs) doing a podcast with you. So I am thrilled that somebody wanted to take the time and unpack career exploration and transitioning and what that means because it's a very real challenge for so many people. So Mm -hmm. thanks for giving me a few minutes to share my experience. All right. Can we not agree that Megan is the greatest? I have loved working with her for the past year. She has been such a great mentor to me and I haven't worked with many female leaders, at least in positions higher than myself. So it's been so great to have such an empowering leader to look up to and to reach out to for any help or guidance. I know that she's always going to be there for me and have my back and that's such a refreshing thing to feel. And of course, I also feel that with the CEO, uh, Robert, who I've mentioned in the podcast before as well. So it's really such a nice thing to work with great people and feel so supported and being able to have created a safe space. We all work remotely, but having those check-ins and knowing what's going on in each other's lives and we really have built such a great relationship with each other individually as well as a whole. So it's nice to be able to have those vulnerabilities and 
sometimes cancel a team meeting because life can be hard sometimes for all of us. If you are working in a remote environment or if you feel that your current team isn't very close, there are certainly ways for you to start working towards better interactions and to have a greater understanding of what everyone else is going through and what everyone brings to the table and how you can all truly support each other. So if that's the case for you, please always feel free to reach out and ask for some guidance. I would be happy to talk with you on a case-by-case basis because it's obviously different for everyone based on what exactly is going on in the makeup of your organization. So Like I said, definitely feel free to reach out. Megan, like I said, is so great and I was so excited when she agreed to come on the podcast. She actually was initially chatting with me and saying, I don't know what exactly I could share on your podcast because I knew I wanted her to come on and chat about something. We just didn't know what specifically that was going to be. And I said, let's hop on a call specifically to talk about the podcast. And I could understand more of her background because we work together so infrequently that I don't know her full background. And I wanted to get to know more of her history of her growth in her positions and what that looked like. And it was so quick when we were discussing what that looked like in her growth in her different positions. And we landed on this title and on these ideas and questions quickly came to my mind that I could ask her. So know that everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has something that they've gone through and honestly, several things that you've gone through in your life that is going to help other people. And it's a matter of finding out what exactly that is. And through conversations and through getting to know people better, through getting out of your comfort zone as well, having my leader come on my podcast and putting her in that interview seat was obviously a turn of the table because she obviously helped interview me in both of the different interviews that I had with this company. So it's a little nerve wracking, I'm sure on her end to prepare for an interview that she hadn't done before and talking about her career, which is obviously a story she knows best. So know that you have so much to offer. If you're tuning into this episode, you have so much to offer those around you in your small group. I think we want to reach such a huge number of people. I was looking at my podcast downloads for this month and I was thinking, oh man, I wish it was more than it currently is right now. And it's because I want to reach more people, but I am also so grateful for every single download that I have now and the people who I'm reaching right now. So please know that you do have the ability to affect other people right in your immediate circle and figuring out ways how you can do that is by fostering more of that connection. I loved Megan's bus and seat reference. And I hope that that was thought provoking for you as well to think about, are you in the right place? Are you in the right company? 
And if that's the case, are you in the right position or do you maybe need to explore other options? Where would you be more happy? Where would you thrive in a different environment? I think a great example of this is when I'm looking on LinkedIn and I see someone who has a much higher title than they ever had at the company that I worked with them at that same time, but I can't help but think how amazing for them. They were not the best fit for this position during the time that I interacted with them, but how great is it that they found something even better at a different company that was right for them? That can also happen within companies, and I've also seen that happen as well where you have to come into an entry-level position before promoting to some of these other departments. And some team members really struggle with that entry-level position, not because they think that it's below them by any means, but because their talents are best utilized elsewhere. I hope that my discussion with Megan was helpful for you if you are thinking about wanting to exit your current company, or if you are feeling burnt out, do you feel comfortable having those conversations with your leader? Are you not having those conversations and that's leading you to feel resentment because your leaders aren't proactively asking you the right questions? It could be something that could potentially be fixed or remedied if you allow the team to do that. And if you've put in the time, you've enjoyed your position up until a recent breaking point, perhaps of that peak of burnout. But if you truly love the people you work with and have loved what you've been doing up until whatever that point was, I think you owe it to yourself to try to fight for what that is instead of leaving that relationship with that company because there wasn't more clear communication or you didn't go to chat with them or vice versa. They didn't come to advocate for you more proactively. I see this often enough to bring it up that there are occasions where people end up getting higher salary offers right when they're going to leave that company. But I think it's such a mistake in most cases to stay with that company that offers you that salary increase unless you truly work for change and for you to be happier in the work that you are doing. Because if you're taking it for the pay, it's not going to resolve the issues that you're having. And if that's the case, you might be there for six months, maybe a year because you feel guilty because you got this salary increase, or maybe they gave you an instant bonus, whatever that looks like. So it's worth having that conversation as soon as possible. And if you're feeling that way, I hope that Megan's feedback and suggestions are helpful for you to have those conversations. As far as a life update... I'll be honest, the last couple of weeks have been a little rough. As I've shared in a previous episode, I have started looking for some full-time work because I do love being in the workforce and I love leading teams. I think it's such a compliment to all the things that I'm doing. And I honestly thought that 
maybe I would get some offers rather quickly because there is so much remote work because of my varied background. I was feeling pretty confident in what I do because I've helped so many other people get promotions, get new jobs with higher salaries, so much so that I started keeping track and with only four clients who've responded with their specific raise increases, it's almost $100,000 between four people who I've helped. And that makes me feel so great. So as I was heading into this job search, I thought, you know what, this is going to be a piece of cake. I am confident in my interviewing skills. I'm confident in my resume. I'm confident in all these things. I haven't so much been submitting cover letters, which some people are hit and miss with. So I thought I would try it out without doing so much of a cover letter because again, I'm not in a huge rush to find a new position, but I am starting to get my feet wet of the idea of uh, getting a new job. And I've gotten some interviews and I'll probably share a specific episode because I don't want this to be super long and lengthy for the end of an episode, but I have not had success yet for getting much of a second interview. So I wanted to come on here and be open and vulnerable that even me helping coach so many other people to get new jobs, get pay raises and increases and bonuses and all these different things, even myself as someone who considers themselves, I wouldn't say an expert in all areas by any means, because there's always room for growth, but I have had so much experience with it. So it definitely has put a little bit of a damper on the last week or so thinking that I was going to have to that I was going to have my pick of offers and that has clearly not been the case. I honestly got three turndowns in one day and I was thinking, wow, this is definitely a hit to my ego for sure. But I know my worth. I ended up having a couple more podcast interviews that I did and I'm so excited to get them edited and have them released for you to tune in. But honestly, the two podcast episodes that I had in one day was like the exact information that I needed to hear in that moment. And it was so interesting that we were recording an episode that's helpful for you as my listeners, but it was so helpful for me to hear the specific words about knowing my worth and that getting turned down for something does not determine my worth or my value. And I know what I will be able to offer to any company who I end up joining, but I totally understand if someone went to check out my LinkedIn, I have so much stuff going on with working part-time. I have my podcast, I have my coaching business, and I have Grovio, my new corporate program. So I get that if someone was thinking, why is she applying for jobs? Why does she want to work full-time with everything else she has going on? And honestly, that's how I work. I enjoy having a lot of variety on my plate because it keeps me looking forward to that next thing or that next milestone within the different types of work that I'm doing. So it's, it's all good. It's going to happen. Something really great will come out of this. And it always has when I look at my past and when I have struggled, 
I know that it has led me to something better. So I am sitting with that. I don't need to have a job right this second by any means, but I would like to have employment for a full-time position right now. And uh, yeah, so I'm still currently looking and like I said, I know the right thing is going to come. I've had some really great connections even in the last week, which is building back up my spirits. So a lot of good is to come. I know it. I know that it's in my deck of cards. I am really looking forward to what the future holds because I currently am not quite sure what exactly that looks like. But I wanted to give you an update and be vulnerable and open. And I'm sure I will be recording a future episode all about my experience. So I've been keeping notes and learning how to also help you better in your search for a job. All right, that's all I have for you. Until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Next Level Leaders. If today's episode resonated with you, please take a quick screenshot, share it to your Instagram, and tag me at Nicole.Harrop. I love to see it, and it means the world to me. I appreciate you helping to spread the word so I can help more women. See you on next week's episode.